0: Glory and praise and honor be unto the Lord Jesus. You forgive me, my voice is a little bit down today, but I'm not afraid to speak about what God has put on on my heart to share in portion of our teaching today. I'm glad to be here. And if you're not glad to be here, I'm glad that you are here today. I'm glad that you're here. I just want to share that with you. God wants to, if you're here today or if you've been watching on the internet, I believe that God wants to do something with you, or the fact of the matter is that you want God something to do with you as well for the kingdom of God. We want to grow closer to God. We want to build a relationship with Him, and we can make this impact together, which is beneficial to the body of Christ. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. God is very good. And that said, if you would open up your Bibles to our opening scripture, I'm going to begin with Mark chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. There's a few scriptures here. The, beginning, it says, the Bible says, uh, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, and there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And then Mark chapter 2, verse 17. In the Gospels it reads, when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, and if you would join me in prayer today, that God would help me to speak to you today. And those who are listening over the uh, the media, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the instruction, Lord, and we thank you for the Holy Ghost that is within us, Lord, that we have received from you. We give you praise, Lord. We come to you humbly, Lord, as we as we come and ask you to forgive our sins with a sincere heart, and that we would make the necessary changes in our lives to, to please you, Lord, Lord, we just want to do the things that you want us to do according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You all may be seated. Praise the Lord. Like I said, it's good to be here today, and if you're not happy, I'm happy for you. Praise God. Amen. So I, we had the opportunity... Uh, Yesterday, Sister Taylor was asking me how it went. We went to TTF yesterday, and I always look forward to it because I'm always looking for a refreshment, not that it doesn't happen here, but sometimes when you hear uh, a word come in a different manner, in a different fashion, and there's different people there, you're moved because, you know how they say you can tell a story to a stranger, and it doesn't matter. But in this case, we're all brothers and sisters there, so it does matter. And they know you're hurt, and they know your pain, and but you can also see that pain at times, and they'll come to you, or you go to them. And as I was sitting there, uh, I'm sitting all, and I'm hearing all these stories over the pulpit, and some conversations actually happened while we were having meals with brothers and sisters, and it was, it was like I said, it was a blessing. But as a dry, I just something came and dawned on me as I'm hearing all this. And this was the fact that just set in my heart. Not that it wasn't there before, but it becomes more alive the more I sat there and the more I heard. And as a draw, here's, here's what came. And as the days draw closer to the return of the Lord, our accountability to reach the loss still remains. It never goes away. I sat by a man who had just told me that his pastor had to leave the conference. Because somebody in the congregation had passed away. He had to leave and address the situation. I understood that, uh, but I also noticed that you know he was he was set a certain way. He was almost like he was out of out of comfort for just a little bit. And since he was sitting to my left, I decided to have a conversation with him. And as he spoke to me, uh, he was a pretty pretty tall guy, and uh, <laughs> I don't even remember his name, but he said I'll see you in men's conference, and I said I will see you in men's conference. And he said to me, "Yeah, I'm 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 here, and I'm just." With my, fr- you know, the, I'm I'm looking over after these. So his pastor had left him in charge of of others that were there. But I noticed that they, he was he was again, like I said, he was quiet at first. But one thing began to move me as the preacher began to speak. There were things that started to light up in his heart. He started to pick up his hand. He started to worship. He started to sing. It's almost as if at that moment, it seemed like he didn't care, but he actually did. The only thing that happened at that moment was that his focus had changed from what he had been thinking about before to what was in the present at that moment in time. He was now caught up in the worship and the praise of what God was doing in his life. Now, should he have been caught up in the thoughts that he was doing, he would have lost and missed out in the blessing that God had for him at that moment. But the preacher continued to speak. He continued to lift his hands. He continued to worship. So I had to join in. Not that I wasn't joining in, but because he was a much bigger man. And he made small moves with his arms. It just looked like he was really moving a whole lot more than I was. <laughs> so I said, I got to really start to move. So I started to jump a little bit. And I started to wave my hands. And, and he started to do the same thing. It just multiplied his worship compared to mine. And I and I." "And so I, at that moment in time, he was, he was standing there. And I began to, um, I laid my hands on him. And I started to pray for him. And uh, I could tell that it was a little bit of a shake in his body. I know he was either feeling, uh, you know, like, uh, like he needed someone to pray for him. So, and, and again, the Holy Ghost unctioned me, so I did. And as I prayed for him, uh, I started to kind of speak into him. I said, God is going to use you in your church to do the great things of God. And that's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're encouraged him. And this is what God put in my heart to say to him at that point in time. And at the end, he turned to me and he started to, hey, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you prayed for me. I said, I want to let you know it's not when I was moved. It wasn't something that came for me. It's something that God wanted you to hear so that you can take that back home and you use it accordingly for the kingdom. Job 23, verse 9 to 10, it says, On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot hold him, behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, and I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. God will test us by allowing calamity to come our way. Or for whatever reason, he sees the need. Sometimes it's to pull us out of our comfort zone. And that's okay with me. It's happened to me more than often and I'm getting used to it. But that's a good thing. That means we're getting stronger. It builds patience. Also, it brings us to that next step of maturity, whether it could be in the ministry or our mature, um, uh, spirituality. If we're going through these trials, I encourage you to say this before you, you say is this, a, this is a bad situation. But he knoweth the way that I take when he had tried me. I shall come forth as gold. And you will. Because he's a promise keeper. You'll be pure. You'll be rich with a glorious shine and a glow. But let me also remind you that it is possible that we might have also failed. Remember, there's still power in the blood. And when failure happens, God will always bring us back to where we need to be through the conviction of the Holy Ghost. God will renew us. He'll bring us back. We need him we need to meet him at the altar. We need to pick up our cross. We need to start walking again. And fear not, for he is with us. We trust in him. Know this, that it will be well if we trust in him. Make it right also as soon as you can, anytime there's a wrong. <clears throat> it's not worth to lose something so great as to your salvation because something so small of a problem that you thought might be nothing. Do away with it, and there's nothing, nothing so great that it cannot be forgiven unless it says so in the Bible, and I can only think of one thing, but I won't repeat it. Not today. There's a little of a, a location uh, known as uh, Boca del Monte, which means the mouth of the mountain. Other than it's an isolated wooden inn, making the beginning, it's the beginning of a journey into a high country of Colombia. In South America, Eucharist, a woman who was <clears throat> excuse me, who was the first person to take the gospel to the mountain people, shepherded a man by the name of Bill Drost to a rope bridge spanning a river about 100 yards wide. I'm a little bit fearful of heights, so I wouldn't have gone in that direction. A mule waited for Bill on the other side to ride to the top of the mountains. The, the ascent was sometimes a, a width of a man, sometimes a... Uh, precipice plunged far to beyond the valley below the trek took most of the day after reaching his destination at about 7 p.m bill lay exhausted on a bag of coffee in about 30 minutes more than 200 people had gathered to hear him speak he had gone there to preach the gospel it says that the, the story says that prayer continued until midnight. It's five hours. And Bill told those who wanted to be baptized to wait a day or two so he could ex, uh, explain the scriptures concerning baptism. Earlier the next morning, a man named Julio, which kind of reminds me of a friend of mine, came up to Bill as he was shaving. I, wanted, I want to be baptized, what well, Julio said. But I'm not sure if I can be, he said. Oh, why not? Bill kind of asked him, you see, I have three wives. I don't know which to leave and which to take. It seems to me I will have to make a decision. Bill didn't know what to tell the man, so he said, wait until tomorrow, and I will let you know. After the night service, Bill took his flashlight and I could relate to this because I've done this before, in the Bible, and he went into the coffee bushes because obviously he was in a place where they, there was beans there, coffee beans. Kneeling down, he placed his Bible before him and he prayed and I'm assuming he opened it up. God, there is something in your word that will settle this. I know. I don't know where it is. You will have to help me. Let Bill let his Bible lay open and his eyes lighted upon the words from Revelation, first love. Bill thought this can't be for the fellow. This is for the church. He's talking for the church. After turning off his flashlight and waited in the darkness, Bill again spoke to the Lord. Lord reveal to me what it is you want me to say to this man. Again, he opens up his Bible and it falls again into first love. I think we read the book of uh, uh, in Genesis where Joseph, uh, Joseph said, well, it's a sure thing when it's two times because God is going to do it. And in this case, it's a com- we could consider that a confirmation. He says, Lord, I don't know, but this is what you have given me, so I'll, I'll tell the man Julio. Julio showed up. He was shaving around 6.30 a.m. What is the answer Julio asked? I'm sorry, Bill, apologize, but I can't get anything else. Only these two words. First, love. He raised his hand and he said, that's it. Julio exclaimed, what? He was intrigued. Bill was how intrigued, confused, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm so glad the Lord has shown you because the, my first wife was the one I loved. But she has left me. He has left me. I must go and get her. If I can, and try to bring her back so that we can live a Christian life. It's almost like reading the book of James. Conviction of the heart, he wants to do what is right. So he's going back to find that first one. It says, We can gather that Julio here is trying to make the right choice. But we also know that God has prepared us or helped us to prepare the way. It would be considered a voice of someone crying out in the wilderness in uh, Boca del Monte. So it, in, in our, uh, for us, it would be here in Fort Myers. We are that voice crying out in the wilderness to the lost and dying that are out there. As Jesus pointed out shortly before his ascension, all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And this is Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 44. But if we read on to that chapter, and I didn't put that up there, brother, and I apologize for that. But it talks about, the, uh, it, it talks about, thus it is written, thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise on the third day. And that, it would, that the gospel would be preached in his name for the remission of sins. And that's not that's verbatim. So I just want to let you know that. One of the earliest things uh, to be fulfilled in the New Testament era was a prophecy of Isaiah concerning John the Baptist. For this is he uh, that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Perhaps uh, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And this is in Matthew chapter 3 verse 3. You also see it in uh, Mark chapter 1 verse 3. I read that earlier. And in Luke chapter 3 verse 1 through 6. It is important to note two key words in Isaiah's prophecy referring to the importance to make things right with God, who is Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert the highway for our God. Clearly a declaration that uh, most people tend to miss that point and and go over and don't understand that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. And hopefully they'll come back to the realization and read the scripture over and over and over again until it sets in their hearts and they realize what they're reading and they realize what John the Baptist was saying and they realize what the, uh, the, uh, the four gospels are portraying and declaring that Jesus, who Jesus is. He is the Messiah. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. These two words again I said, These are, again, these are pronouns that have identified Jesus as God himself. Jesus represents the Hebrew Yahweh, which sometimes referred to as Jehovah. In English translations, by which God identified himself as Moses. The Hebrew word translated God in Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 3, is a form of Elohim. Used of the creator in Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1, and in many other places. It's the one and the same God that we worship and praise John the Baptist preached repentance the first record uh, words recorded words uh, spoken by John the Baptist were repent ye the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Matthew uh, chapter three verse two <clears throat> And the message of repentance was John's mission is reiterated in a variety of ways. In the Gospels, for instance, Luke wrote about John. He came into all the country from Jordan, preaching baptism, repentance for the remission of sins. And for those who, I don't does anybody know what the word Jordan means? Awesome. It says this, and I'm, not, and I'm, I'm glad to show something. It says, the, the Jordan River is, it says, it means descender. And do you know where, the, where it pours into? It pours into the Dead Sea. I wonder if this, is, this was something that God was doing so that we would pick up that when you're baptized in the water, it's going to run into that death, that, that the body's going to die into that Dead Sea. The sins are going to go into death. They're never going to come back. We're baptized in Jesus' name. The message of repentance of John's mission was, again, I said reiterated in a variety of ways in the Gospels. Like Matthew, Luke connected John's ministry with Isaiah's prophecy, but Luke connected, uh, extended the connection further. If you compare Luke chapter 3, verse 4 through 6, and again, I didn't give that. I'm just kind of giving notes if you're taking notes. Uh, With Isaiah 43 and 5, you're going to find that Mark also made clear that John's inaugural message was the necessity of repentance John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. It doesn't say that he baptized in Jesus' name. It says that he baptized in the wilderness and he preached baptism. I'm sorry, pre-baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Mary, like Matthew and Luke, saw John's ministry as a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. I'm sorry, not Mary, Mark. Uh, Mateo, which is... um, Hebrew kind of sounds a little bit like Spanish. I don't know if anybody uh, kind of caught that on a little bit. It says, translated repentance uh, refers to changing one's way of life as the result of a complete change of the, not only the attitude, but also in regard of the sin and, of course, going back and going into a more righteous life in Christ. And it doesn't say it that way, it kind of worded it that way complete change of thought and attitude with regard to sin and righteousness. Since scripture was not originally written in English, it is necessary to capture not merely the English definition of the word, but also the, the way the word would have been understood by those uh, who used it at the time of scripture was written. In this case, since in the English uh, focal component of the word repent is a sorrow of contrition, contrition that a person experiences because of sin The emphasis in the Greek text seems to be more specifically in the total change. Again, both in thought and behavior with respect to uh, how uh, one should both think and act. Whether the focus is upon attitude or behavior varies somewhat. Isaiah's prophecy about the ministry of John, John the Baptist, pointed specifically to Jesus. But John's focus on Jesus was not limited to Isaiah's prophecy. John made it known from his commandment about Jesus and his interaction with Jesus that Jesus was superior to him. John the Baptist was elevating Jesus at that point in time to make people recognize who he was. And the reason he was doing that is because he was baptizing people. Jesus had not yet started doing that. But then he comes into the picture and he says, hey, he is greater than I am. He doesn't say it that way. He says, John made it known. Uh, from his comments about Jesus and his interaction with Jesus. John the Baptist consistently pointed his hearers to Jesus. John knew his own ministry uh, was fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, again, as I mentioned earlier. The the scripture may not uh, be put up, uh, but I'm calling this one out just for review. It says, uh, he also knew Jesus was the promised Messiah uh, who would take away the sin of the world and baptize those who believed on him with the Holy Ghost. Preaching and then coming back to repent, I'm sorry, not coming to repent, uh, reiterating on repentance a little bit, because that's what we're talking about. Preaching of repentance prepares the way of the Lord, which helps for people to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. The preaching sends out a message of repentance to acknowledge, to recognize. But the hearer responds to the message for preparation of he who's coming. It was necessary that they or we should first repent. This is always the first step for those who wish to see the salvation of God. This is Luke chapter 3, verse 6. We must keep in mind that the legitimacy of baptism was always dependent upon the faith that precedes baptism. As illustrated in John's ministry, this was faith in the Lord, whose way John proclaimed, John preached about the Lord when he said, in Mark chapter 1, verse 7 through 8, there cometh one mightier than I after me that latcheth, the latcheth of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And if you go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I'm going to go way to the back, and he declares something. That he says, He will, he says, I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The fire being the light of God. This declaration anticipated on the day of Pentecost when Jesus poured out his spirit. Jesus, again, preaching repentance. Uh, He didn't, uh, I don't want to say he didn't sugarcoat it uh, because he did go around telling people uh, not to do that anymore. He was very, very uh, direct. We know I, I spoke last time about the woman that was caught in adultery, and, of course, there was other instances where um, even uh, the blind man, uh, he said, go and sin no more. Don't do that anymore. Just as John the Baptist came on the scene, fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, so did Jesus. Matthew connected the beginning, again, as I said, with Jesus' ministry with a prophecy found in Isaiah. Chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. And this one I did kind of, ma- I quoted here, I put I Put it here that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gent- Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, Light is sprung up, and that's referring to us because we. Jesus is the light of the world. We were sitting in darkness, but thanks to Jesus, we're able to see that light here today. Matthew chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, following these words, Matthew wrote, from the time Jesus began, preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Shortly after the prophecy in Isaiah, the prophet declared, "Unto us a child is born. I'm going to move on to, of the increase of the government, and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And this is Isaiah 9, chapter chapter 9, verse 6-7. to Cutting it a little short there for you. Not too short, though. <laughs> Again, referring to uh, Isaiah 9-2, the people that walked in darkness... Uh, the note that I put here is whether Jew or Gentile, the message of repentance is introductory after believing in Jesus for entry into the kingdom of God. In other words, there still has to be uh, the gospels there and through the gospel we receive repentance. And after believing the gospel in Jesus Christ then we can receive, uh, we can then repent because we understand what the gospel is about and who it's about. We know it's about Jesus and we can, decide and make the decision to either be baptized in Jesus' name or not. Repentance is required. It must be repentance that comes because of hearing and believing the gospel message, as I said just a minute ago. Acts chapter two, verse thirty-seven and thirty-eight. Jesus demonstrated his authority to forgive. To forgive sin. For example, presented with a paralyzed man that came down from the roof. He was one. Uh and again, this one was a little bit different than most of the cases because uh, it didn't require for him, you're not going to find anywhere where he repented. What you're going to find is people bringing a man into the, uh, into the building through the roof. And the Bible says that the reason he was healed, it wasn't because he was repented, it's because there was faith in him. But it actually says all of them. And so it says they all came and that faith was there. There was a form of repentance in there somehow. And God said, Your sins are forgiven. The Bible does not tell us every detail and event, but it opens up our understanding, uh, unmentioned details by those uh, that have been recorded. Jesus went to sinners. The Pharisees uh, saw all this. Uh, They believed, uh, the Pharisees and scribes, they did not believe that uh, Jesus was doing this. They complained. Uh, And, of course, we see where, uh, the Lord, the Bible says that the Lord was, a, was able to sense that, and he spoke to them. And, uh, and in doing that, he was able to uh, confront them and identify them and let them know that you have no idea what you're doing in a sense. But he didn't speak it in that manner. What he did was he was, the Bible says that he felt it in his spirit. And when he felt that, he felt the need to speak. He felt the need to speak, and what he did was, we know there was healing happening at, at that time. So the Pharisees were kind of oppressing or pressing down on preventing someone who was actually going to get healed and forgiven who had a repentant heart from receiving that. And Jesus confronted them. So, and this is why we, a lot of us say we don't have to deal with that. Jesus will take care of it. Again, God commands everyone to repent. Repentance is, a, is, is not a suggestion. It is uh, God's universal command for salvation. Paul visited Athens, uh, nothing the, uh, noting the pervasive idolatry, he declared that God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. That's Acts chapter 17, verse 30. Should, and again, in seeking the Lord, we find ourselves uh, finding more clarity and understanding that God does desire repentance. He desires repentance not only for, uh, from those who are lost, but also from us who are still in the church continually. If there is no, the Bible says that Jesus is coming back for a church without spot and blemish, and that includes us as well. I'm going to redirect you to this, finishing up the story about Bill Dross. It's not complete, uh, or I'm sorry, I didn't finish it. And, well, Julio, we don't know what happened to him. He never came back. Hopefully he'll come back in the next sequel. I don't know. But Bill is ready to baptize some people. Let's put it that way. Bill Dross was at least one hour's walk from the location of his meeting to a place suitable for baptizing. As he lay on his coffee bag, Bill had a vision. He saw a white horse beside a short, short round man with a red face. And in front of the man, a pool with ducks swimming on it. This reminds me of my brother. I have a brother that looks like that. My, my personal brother, blood brother. When Bill told the people the dream, one person said, oh, we know who that is. So he's having a vision, and they know who he's talking about. This is a man who we all work for, Señor Fandino. And I'm speaking in Spanish because this is a uh, Spanish name. But what about this pool of water, Bill asked. He has a pool, they said. But be warned, he is not in favor of the gospel. Never mind, it's not like he's complaining, Bill answered. Tell me where he lives. They say he lives about five minutes down the road. Okay. Words can sometimes shift our thoughts and ideas. They can change our actions almost immediately. We should be very careful when we're ministering to someone who is out there who is lost, somebody who is, uh, who is seeking some form of help. One sound of our voice in, uh, can quickly de- uh, deteriorate a relationship with someone we want to win to Christ. Bill sent a young man to tell the Señor Fondino he wished to speak to him. Soon Bill was standing before the man. He had seen the vision. And again, Señor Fundino knew, knew, knew of Bill because he, they mentioned him. May we use your pool to baptize is what uh, Bill Dross asked. And, of course, Fondino asked politely, why do you want to baptize them? Fundino asked. Weren't they already baptized when they were children? So we know where this is going. It's a different faith and a different religion. No, uh, this baptism is unto repentance is what Bill explained. Now, if you don't understand, sir, if you can't wait, and Señor Fondito, he says he cut him off and he was leaving. I got to go. He says, just give, me, give, just give me a few minutes. Wait a little bit. He says, with that, almost, with that almost 100 people came down the mountain path and stood around the pole waiting for baptism. Excusing himself, Bill got into the water and began telling them just why they were be- they were being baptized. After a short time, Fandino shouted in English. He didn't speak English. He only spoke Spanish, all right? Wait, minister. Wait, mister, I'm sorry. He continued, can I be baptized? If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, what he responded, and if you repented, you sure can be baptized, replied Bill. With that said, Señor Fandino, Fandino, ran into the house, returning in his pajamas, ready for baptism. Bill baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Señor Fandino came out of the water, baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. He had nothing else to hold on to. That's all he had. In fact, in this event, it says that he was filled with the Spirit, that for four to five days, he could hardly speak a word of Spanish. He just worshiped and worshiped. How many of us would like to be caught up in the spirit like that? Just to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak for days. And it's a possibility God might just take us if we're in the right spirit. I believe God gave Bill Dross that dream because God was about to transform a man that people did not think to be transformable. I heard a man preach that there was someone out there, either in our church, in our city, that would be the next Jeremiah, the next evangelist, the next pastor, the next youth leader, the next Tarsus, But we won't know unless these people find repentance and are baptized in Jesus' name. Let us go out there and let the people know what it is that they need to do to enter the kingdom of God. It begins with us allowing them to know what repentance is for the Lord. Followed in baptism, of course, remission, they, their sins are remitted. And if people ask, because I get this asked all the time, why do we repent? If, we're, if we walk the way we walk, why do we have to repent? And here's a good response. And I just kind of just worked it out. God g- gave it to me. He's, we do this to continually acknowledge that we are in need of a Savior and that we do sin. And more importantly, that we need forgiveness. The reason we ask forgiveness and repent is so that when the Lord comes back, our slate is found clean. And it is found clean in our obedience to God's word through baptism in his name, the Lord Jesus Christ, as he declared it in Luke chapter 24, verse 47 to 46. 46 to 47. And he said unto them, thus it is written, thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Peter followed through with repeating it once again the holy ghost fell on the day of pentecost and he said the very same thing that jesus did. Uh, all he did was he went and did the work jesus declared it and peter went into it acts two thirty eight, and peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the holy ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. And then he gives them a warning, and he says, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Praise the Lord. In saying that, I want to close. Uh, if you would stand. we're going to sing a little bit, worshiping God. At conference they were talking about the coming of the Lord, how it's so close and how we at times tend to lallygag a little bit. There was a lot of conviction coming over me. And um, I started to repent. I think if you ever find yourself in a place where you feel like, well, I really don't have to repent, you, you've, you've lost that heart with God. And I ask you, if, if you ever find yourself in that place, Lord, soften my heart, soften my mind. Lord, let me draw closer to you. Let me find myself in your presence. Lord, take me back to my first love, Lord. I remember when I first fell in love with the Lord. It's a beautiful experience. I think a lot, I know a lot of us have gone through there. And we wish we could all go back to that very same moment and that it would never change. The fact of the matter is that we have to move forward. We have to become stronger. We have to become wiser. The Bible says as we become wiser, we suffer more sorrows. I don't understand that. I don't know why, but if that's what God says is going to happen, that I I need to, I accept it. I receive it. One of the brothers was up there preaching. And he said something that was very interesting to me. And brother Daniel came up to us talking to me about an issue that he came across. This weekend, and, and as his brother starts to talk, he says, You know, we're concerned about the times. He says, We were tested with COVID. He said, But God was testing us to see where we would stand as a church. And I felt in my spirit that He was telling the truth, and I felt it, and it jerked me. I said, Lord, you, you are right. This man is speaking the truth. I could feel it in my spirit, and then he said something else. He says, "You know, I went out to a place I didn't know was what really was taking place at that moment." But all of a sudden, it was a big bash, and he was. He said it was one of those those uh, homosexual moments where they're having the flags and so forth. And he said he took he looked at the rainbows everywhere. He said everywhere. To my left, that's my right. Your left to my my other side I looked in front of me (laughs) he looked behind him it was everywhere and then he said God spoke to me and it brought joy to my heart and it brought peace to my heart because he's coming soon this is why all these things are happening because he's coming soon and why we still have breath in our lungs let's reach out to the lost let's bring all those in let's bring them in I know that I'm change, I'm turning. A, I'm turning a new leaf today. I actually, started yesterday. The conviction in my heart to go out there. I don't care. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna go out there. And I'm gonna bring some souls in. Somebody's gonna make it if we go out there. Somebody's gonna make it if we go out there. I don't care how they smell. I don't care how they look. I don't even care if they're on drugs. I'm going to tell them Jesus can save you if you come in and you tell Him, Lord, I need You right now. We need to teach them about repentance. That if they repent of their sins, that God can save them, that God will get them into heaven. But we got to walk them in. We got to show them the way. I know it sounds like, oh, that sounds easy. I tell you what, it wasn't easy. I kept, thinking, I kept thinking, God, how am I going to do does it? doesn't matter. You just go do it. I'm, if you want to volunteer for it, you come and see me. It's going to get ugly, but it's going to be worth it. We're going to bring some people in. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Lord.
1: Your kindness yes, Lord. leads me to. Your goodness goodness draws me to your side.
0: Isn't his mercy great? Aren't you glad that we serve a living God that says, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, I will take that from you. I will cleanse you. I will make you as white as snow. Praise the Lord. God has given us an opportunity to have a fresh start every day. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. In the times of the ignorance, God winked at but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. And we know that scripture speaks of our Lord Jesus Christ who is clothed in righteousness. Praise God. God is good. All I ask, if you find yourself in a place where you feel that you can't find forgiveness, don't ever think that. The devil lies, and sometimes our mind runs away in a a different direction. Come back to that place of the altar. A beautiful teaching. God gives us an altar, He gives us an altar. He says, All you got to do is come to it and connect with me. Here's the altar right here it's this body a living sacrifice we can all do that but we can bring more people with us in jesus name may god bless you with this message i hope that it somewhat impacted you i mean i know it impacted me going up there i wanted to share this so that you could see that hearts change from one moment to another three days it's all it took He rose in three days, I believe. He can do something with me in three days as well. And he can do something with all of you in three days. Believe it. In Jesus' name, God bless you. If you're watching through our media, God bless you. If you join us for our service at 11, we'd love to have you. We're going to move into prayer and have a a nice prayer moment with the Lord today. In Jesus' name, God bless you all.